Hi everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Starting Out, a podcast where we share our stories of starting out in this great big world. We talk about our highlights, trials and tribulations, and lessons we've learned along the way. So as you are starting your journey, we hope you can learn from us. So Cor, what's the topic for today? So our topic for today is how to find a job in a pandemic. Great topic because (laughs) it is a hard time for I think for a lot of individuals. We understand the struggle of finding a job in a pandemic. We will go into detail as to where we started, but we thought this was a great opportunity to speak with something that is very near and dear to our hearts because it has taken so much time out of our lives to find a job Mm -hmm. in a pandemic. We just kind of want to preface that we've both been keeping up with the different news and different data and stats that have been published from Stats Canada and we have seen the number of unemployment rates really go up compared to last couple of years. So kind of prefacing that knowing what was actually happening in the job market in terms of me and how I started out. After university, I made my way into a non-for-profit role starting in September of 2019. And then from there, I worked a couple of months in there. And then I actually got fired from that role in June 2020. So because of that, of course, I was feeling very anxious and I felt very demoralized and my confidence did not get boosted from that, you know? It was obviously very demoralizing, like I said, and I lost a lot of confidence from that just because that was my first role right out of university. Moving into a pandemic, getting fired into a pandemic, that was also very scary for me. And I think, you know, having that mindset of, okay, how do I bounce back from that? going into the job market and seeing the different stories that Neeks will share from her side, I was really uncertain and unsure of how to kind of approach that situation, knowing what I was hearing from Stats Canada as well as from Neeks' story. Yeah, it's one thing to, a great point on actually bringing up StatsCan because I feel like a lot of us have been glued to the news, but it's a very different experience when you actually are part of the stats. You know, like Mm -hmm. you end up becoming that small percentage. You almost humanize the experience of it's not just one number being thrown around. You are part of that number. I think what was really interesting was you were in a role and you had a job and it was later on in the pandemic. Then you got Mm -hmm. fired. Yeah, you had a couple months where you actually had a job and unfortunately you did lose your job. I guess going to my story now is I did not (laughs) graduate in the most Mm -hmm. brightest, most opportunistic times in any undergraduate career, per se. I graduated in April, so it's been a month since the pandemic really, a month and a half since the pandemic really realized itself as a a legitimate thing. Yeah, it was hard. I was Mm -hmm. super, super scared. It's kind of strange because like in normal times, right, you have, okay, you're a new grad experience and mm-hmm. you are in competition with other new grads. But I, what this pandemic really highlighted was no one's really safe in their jobs and the brightest talents might not even be that safe in their jobs too, right? It's because mm-hmm. of economic circumstances, 
um, political circumstances within your own working environment. And I just remembered, <laughs> I think where it really like nail in the coffin, I was like, okay, I am pretty much at the same confidence level as you are, where it's like Airbnb had a roster of their best talents in this blog post of you can hire. And that made me feel so bad about myself because I was like, who on this planet Earth is going to hire me when literally mm-hmm. these top towns from every single company are cutting back and now are released into the world, right? Opportunities mm-hmm. that you would have never had as a company to hire these individuals are now available. So thinking mm-hmm. of like supply and demand, it's like, when will the demand be for me? When will I get a job? And that's really scary because you just don't know. Left and right, people are more than ever were getting fired. So definitely mm-hmm. I understand. Very, very sad times. Not the greatest of circumstances. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you made where you gave the example of Airbnb kind of like highlighting in a blog post their top talent. And it's almost like, oh, you could hire them. And yeah, even thinking about it in my perspective, that's also very demoralizing I'd say on in my end as well because I feel that if the top talents are losing their jobs because of some external factors like COVID what does that mean for me especially not just like I'm not really a new grad because I graduated about a year ago but still like a fresh grad almost like how does that what does that mean for me in terms of my experiences and when job employers read through my resumes compared to, you know, reading through a resume of someone who's already been in the job force for four or five years already. There's such big discrepancies there. And that's when I felt it more than ever when I was applying to different jobs that I'm like, I don't, I can't give as much gravitas. There's not much to my name that I could offer. I've only had what, a couple of internships. I've had one actual job that I got fired from. How do I really add value in this economy when all the top talents are getting fired? That's the thing that was really tough on my end. Mm-hmm. That is such a great point. Comparison. <laughs> It's hard. It's really Mm -hmm. hard. It's like you're comparing each scenario that you can get into. So Mm -hmm. I guess transitioning from that mindset of like, okay, we're in the lows, we're in the dumps. I would like to ask you, what does perseverance look like to you when you're trying to find a job in a pandemic? Damn, son! (laughs) (laughs) Let Let me tell you what it means to me. Oh my gosh, getting through the thick, the thick, thick of it. What does perseverance look like to you when you are literally demoralized, you are upset about the situation, there are top talents from literally God's cradle coming out. (laughs) What does that mean to you? And how did you turn that fear into something that you can actually use? For sure. That's a really, really good question. And it's a really, really hard task to do considering you were in the mindset, you've hit rock bottom, basically. Like, I thought I hit rock bottom. I cried so much after I got fired. I talked to Neeks, I talked to my boyfriend, I talked to my family, friends, and everything. It was such a tough time for me that I think the first thing I really did was just to allow myself to have those feelings. 
didn't immediately go, oh my god, why am I crying? Like, let's get back out there, sport. You know, mm-hmm. you got a champ. Like, I was realistic with myself. I took a week where I basically just cried. I wrote down my feelings. I wrote down what exactly I was feeling, right? So obviously I was very sad, but I wrote down like different points as to why I was sad. Like not only did I get fired, but like, was I doing enough? You know, thinking more so of an uh, employment aspect. Was there more tasks that I should have been doing? So really pinpointing different things that I could be doing better once I do get my next role. And so first I really did allow myself to have these feelings where I was able to like have like crying sessions with myself or just being really like critical of myself. But after a week, I made sure I wasn't in that mindset and I wasn't in that period for a really, really long time. Like I made sure it was only for like a week or a two week max where I allowed myself to really suck in my feelings. And then after that, I made kind of like a task list, like an action list for myself to really pinpoint what specifically I needed to be doing to at least get myself into the door again, to at least, you know, start applying to different positions. So one of the first things I really did was I wrote down all the different tasks that I've done at that previous role in the not-for-profit and made sure that my resume was up to date. I sent it out to a bunch of my friends to really edit it and look through it and give me their feedback. I made sure when I was looking, like right now, I wasn't even thinking about applying to different positions. I made sure I looked through, you know, I brought, it was like almost like window shopping mm-hmm. to see what kind of jobs are out there because I haven't looked at a job board since the summer of that previous year when I was applying out of undergrad. And so because of that, I think I really allowed myself to accept that I was having these feelings and telling myself that it was okay to really let these emotions go. And then after that, I made sure I wasn't sulking in those feelings for a really long time or else it'd be really, really difficult to get myself out of that rut. I forced myself. It's a really daunting task to look at your resume Mm -hmm. and to add new tasks and action boards onto your resume. So I really made it an effort to put time into updating my resume, even if it's just you know, updating one task a day, Mm -hmm. right? Like taking one job that I did and writing down all the little different tasks and breaking it up day by day. So that's kind of my mindset of when I got fired, like manipulating my mindset into a more positive tone from that. I think that's a really good thing because you took something that is very negative and you allowed to feel your feelings and then you actually took that energy and put it somewhere else where it actually was benefiting you in a different way. Updating your resume, Mm -hmm. talking to people, writing, journaling. Those are really important aspects of perseverance when you're finding a job in a pandemic because those are things that you can control, right? Those are the only things you can control because Mm -hmm. when the world is collapsing, the world is collapsing. It's not your fault inherently that you made the world collapse. Yeah. Then you have to yeah. go and fix that, right? It's just the circumstance yeah. of it is what it is. But what can you do within it? I relate to that so much because after I graduated, I was feeling really scared. I had like dark thoughts of like, there's no job left. 
There is yep. every single well is dry, yeah. and I am going to have to do nothing for the rest of my life. That in itself is kind of strange to be mm-hmm. like, that is so bleak. My way of coping with the fear is doing something else other than thinking about all of the wells that have dried up. Because mm-hmm. again, it's not my fault and it's not my responsibility to mm-hmm. make a job. Yeah. Right? So taking that off of me is like a huge pressure off, right? Like you mm-hmm. no longer feel the burden of that external factor that is already going to happen, whether I like it or not. Like the pandemic's going to happen whether I like it or not. But is there anything I can do on a day to day basis? We actually look to Mm -hmm. be a little bit more productive and started to call each other uh, being like oh have you done um obviously after sulking and (laughs) being upset (laughs) yes yes we made it like a fun thing it's like okay we're gonna meet up every week and we try to get a google ads certificate yes it helps us in in terms of getting a job but in Mm -hmm. a sense it took your mind off of it a little bit too because it's yeah. not I think here's another thing it's like if you just did job searching and job applications nine to five every single day every waking minute like that have you ever done anything every waking minute of every day no you've never done that you still have a life mm-hmm. beyond finding a job so I think transitioning that fear of no there's other things I can enjoy still this period of time does not mm-hmm. have to be as awful as it seems as the media makes it seems and also as what my mind also makes it seems so my biggest tip with maybe just with like what does perseverance looks like is just actually focusing your time and only giving it time an appropriate amount of time to sulk and then actually going into more of like the other things in life life didn't stop right life is still going to keep going so you might as well make it almost like a it's, it's a task but there's other things to do in life too while you're doing it. Yeah, that's a really good point. We've done a lot of Google ad certificates and I like your definition of perseverance where you're just allocating the appropriate amount of time to that task, even though it's daunting, but you know, kind of the longer you think about job applications and the longer you think about updating your resume, it's daunting because I we totally get there's a lot to do in those regards, even thinking of how to cope with this feeling of kind of like not having enough experiences almost, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things we did talk about was getting additional certificates. So for example, Google ad certificates that we both got, I also got different certificates in digital marketing as well to kind of complement my resume just to give it a little bit more sustenance per se. I think on top of that, not only resume focus, but really kind of honing in on different aspects of your life that can be bettered, for example. That was the time the thought of starting a podcast was born. Mm-hmm. If I guess if it were for the pandemic, we, you know, some good things did come out of the pandemic, obviously, a lot of negatives, but sometimes we really have to look at the positives and one of the well, actually, a few of the positive things that came about it was one, the thought of starting our podcast. And then a couple of weeks and it actually wasn't a thought anymore. We started booking in meetings to, you know, 
like talk about different aspects of this podcast and even start recording a little bit then. And even thinking of starting a book club, for example. We both had the thought of reading more, reading different types of books, and then coming together and really like analyzing the book and really having a conversation as to how what we learn in the book can be applied to our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. So I think because of this, we both really found different outputs and different sources of where we can get more creativity and bounce back on our feet when a really big aspect of our life, which is career, was in the shitter. Obviously, we've gone through the spiritual side and how to nurture your soul (laughs) when it comes to it. So now you're probably thinking it's like, sick. How do you actually get it done, right? Like the actual job application and how do you get organized and figure out all the little aspects of how to get a job? I guess I could start a little bit. I'll let you tackle on your little spreadsheet tracker thing. Don't even get (laughs) There's a spreadsheet. There is a Um, problem in life. There's a spreadsheet that can fix it for you. (laughs) Facts, sister. So I guess one of the tips that I can give to the listeners as well as a tip that I've used in my job search was this is a little more technical, but obviously there are multiple job platforms that you could go to to search for these jobs, such as LinkedIn, Monster, Indeed, Workpolis, etc. But I think one of the ways I really stayed organized on top of it is having one email that's designated for signing up for different accounts mm. of these job postings. Because a lot of the times when you apply, you'll get an automated email back to you saying, oh, thank you for applying. And it's like a little receipt of notification to let you know that they did receive it. And then if you have that mixed with your personal email, it can get very crowded. And so one of the tips that I would give to our listeners is maybe try creating a different email that not necessarily you put on your resume, but when you sign up to these work boards, have a separate email that you sign up with. So then when you get notifications, it's all sourced into one application, sorry, one inbox. And because of that, it's a lot more easier for you to kind of tackle and see which ones you actually apply to. And then the second tip that I did kind of have was just to make sure that I set up like a little routine for myself Mm -hmm. for when I did apply to the jobs. Like thinking of organization, I kind of slotted it into my calendar where I would dedicate, well, I dedicated one hour of my time each day to either a look and like window shop for different job opportunities that were out there. And then the next hour would be like, for example, the next day would be me. Okay, like I actually really like this job posting. I'm going to spend one hour to tweak my resume to make sure the keywords are similar to that of the job postings. And then if needed, I would write a cover letter and then send both of them to like a friend to review, for example. And then that was just like a really good way for me to really stay on top of things and to make sure I was actually consistently not only looking at jobs, but effectively applying to a job as well. Those are really good tips. I resonate with those. Mm-hmm. Especially the one that you you slot out time. I always find yeah. there was always a good time to apply. I felt that it was always early in the morning for me because I feel like if I got it done that day, there wasn't this overwhelming guilt mm-hmm. that I didn't do it for that day it's like oh what else is out there that I didn't 
you know i also agree on window shopping a little bit like there's so many Mm -hmm. jobs out there but window shopping a couple and then actually applying for it Tell me about your Excel sheet structure. Oh, yes. I want to hear it. Okay. Okay. Settle down. Settle down. Okay. So <laughs> more, more. More, more. So here's the part where they don't actually... Let me get real for a minute. This is the part where they don't... This is where I get heated. Oh, shit. This is where they don't tell you where the time suck is. So you find a job. You're like, sick. That is an awesome job. I can see myself getting my pension from that job at this point (laughs) you go in and basically you have to fill in (laughs) the longest survey of your life you know every single like detail of your life every single detail of that job and then you have to create an account and you know Mm -hmm. it's like a whole there's like a different portal that you have to log into because like the linkedin button that says apply now is not actually a real button because of compliance you need to actually go and apply on the portal and it's a whole situation and where i find it was really interesting was you needed a certain spot to keep all your passwords and all that yeah i just felt having this excel sheet maybe we'll link it well maybe we'll link it down below we'll create like a, mm-hmm. a blank one and then you can use it if you really if you find it helpful but essentially it's just like you want to track every single job posting that you apply to yes, that you apply to and then you also create an account for and then also created a tracker in terms of like what is the job so you can see it's basically like what kind of jobs are you applying for and then you can reflect yeah. on those and then you can see the volume yeah. right because it may feel like you're doing a lot but then sometimes you're not doing that much or maybe you don't actually want to do that much but you still need a track for somehow and then essentially if you have a job that you really enjoy sometimes it takes a really long time for <laughs> somebody to get back to you and the reason why oh, this job gosh. application thing is so <laughs> this track was so clutch for me was if someone called you out of the blue and said hey miss so and so i have read your application i loved it and you're like who the fuck who are you <laughs> <laughs> you're like practically scrolling through your email you're like jo- john emailed me john who's john, john? <laughs> which john i think i think what it really helps is like you're not blindly applying like left and right, mm-hmm. you are keeping it in a safe spot, and you're you're keeping it in a spot where you actually know the title. That's another thing. If someone says, "Oh, I'm calling you in regards to having this job posting about X, Y, and Z," right? At mm-hmm. least you made the mental connection that you're like, "This job was this role," and you have a link yeah. to that job. So if someone calls you, you're like wait a minute, I know where this is from. And then you can click on it. Exactly. And even if they got rid of it, at least you have 17 other like job postings that are somewhat close to it so that you can actually refer. So I think it's a good reference tool just in case if you're, For sure. you're caught, you get caught in the middle of no, somewhere For sure. and you're like, who is this person that's calling? What job did I have applied to like a month ago? Because it's kind of like a long process, right? So it's been like, it's going to be a couple yeah. months or several weeks right and if you're doing a lot yeah in terms of volume wise at least you have it all tracking there and then you can actually reflect yeah. back on like okay these are the stuff i want like what's going on but i always find if someone calls you you know what's going on <laughs> and exactly oh yeah and then say if here's where it gets even better is 
say if you apply to a job and something else comes up in another department, <laughs> maybe several months later or several weeks later and you like it, rather than going through the headache of redoing your entire resume and your entire, because you forgot the password. I'm trying not to swear, mm -hmm. but like basically you forgot the password. <laughs> you have a tracker. You know what the password is. You know which email is associated with. You know what the state was because you already timestamped the last time you did it. Sometimes yeah, there's like jobs where I like I applied like basically in my third year and I came back out and they're like your your email's already taken and now like I don't have the headache of being like what do you mean like what is the password it's already there mm -hmm. you can log in and you can change it and you don't have to redo it because the redoing is where it gets so annoying and you will spend yep. so much time yeah you'll get discouraged why wouldn't you get discouraged if you have to redo the same thing right if you what was For sure. it there was a good quote <laughs> I'm, I'm full of quotes today it was like <laughs> if you got to do it three times automate it that's it that's literally it if you got to do it three times, yes. automate it. Automate it. Make sure you got it in the safe spot. So that's why I, that's my yeah. biggest tip is like how to get organized and then how to start cutting corners with these really long applications where you have to fill out every single thing. Yeah. Two points. Number one on your point about really long applications. That's one this of... This is a venting session. <gasps> Go for it, sis. <laughs> we'll get into... Maybe we'll get into this more in a different episode but one of the things I don't really like when I did my job applications and my job search was LinkedIn was fine I really liked LinkedIn because a lot of the times you can easy apply mm -hmm. or sometimes it will link directly to the career portal then that you make an email and a login for it, which you track in a in your little excel sheet but one of the things that really really irked me and really really got on my nerves was in those portals I totally understand that, you know, A, I, I, everyone has to upload their resume, right? So a lot of the times it will give you the option, oh, it will autofill for you once you upload your resume. So I was like, okay, cool. But in some portals and in some companies' websites, they don't give you that option. So in some companies, you upload your resume and then the next page, they're like, please fill out all of this information, which you have exactly on your resume, but then it doesn't translate over. So you have to take 10 to 15 minutes to actually fill out, what's my first name? What's my last name? What type of experiences do I have? What type of volunteer experience? And it's mandatory. You can't skip that sometimes. And that's one of the things that I saw quite a lot of. And I don't apply to those jobs. <laughs> like, when I see those... Okay, my, my suggestion was, like, keep a Word document of your resume. But that's another thing, too. That's true. If it's really annoying... That's true. It's giving you... It's pissing you off in, in terms of, like, how yeah. to apply. But that's another thing. They don't never talk about this. It's like, apply to a job. Well, you know what? It is a headache. Yeah. That's my point number one. Point number two... I really liked I really like your Excel spreadsheet. I really liked how organized and everything is. So when when she sent it to me, I thought it was the holy grail. It honestly made my life so much easier. And you know, she already talked about a lot of benefits of that, but I just want to slide in another benefit that I kind of took away from it was I, I kind of broke it down into months. So months by month, I saw there was a trend and the jobs that I heard back from 
versus the ones that I automatically got like denied or declined from. That is such a so, good point. I like that. Yeah, it was very interesting because you know, I once I hear back from a job, I would highlight it, and then perhaps there was an interview, right? So I like look through the job posting and prepare for my interview. But that's another really interesting point that I noticed personally, where I saw a trend. I'm like, oh, you know, with this title, I heard back from more as opposed to like another title. These were the specific skills they were looking for in their job description, which I heard back from more as opposed to like the other skills, which I didn't necessarily have, which they rejected me for. So I think that's definitely A, kept me really, really organized, but B, I saw a trend in the different jobs that I applied for and heard back from. Being strategic with your time. That is one thing we want to get across. It's like, (laughs) be strategic. And it's very, very good um, that you said that. So let's talk about some funny applications. (laughs) You thought... You you, you, go first. You go first. You thought we were going to be out here and be like, everyone respects you? Okay. Well... I think when you get it to the real world, no one respects you. (laughs) They don't care about your time. You want to upload your resume? You better upload type form into all of the little fields again. Like, we don't don't respect your time. But you want this job, so you'll do it anyways. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So understand that you are almost in a position where it's like, okay, you're finding a job and you need to go and basically put yourself out there. Sometimes, mm-hmm. okay, not all times, but just <laughs> sometimes, you can get into a little tricky situation where you question everything in your life, and there, which happens very often. Is, <laughs> if you're if you're new to the podcast and you were like, they question themselves and they question everything around them. Oh, every single day, <laughs> I question things all the time. But oh my god, funny applications! It is so interesting to see. So almost like the audacity sometimes these companies have. My biggest tip is if they couldn't survive in a normal situation, a normal time, and they're doing some shady things, like they're going to offer you like $100 a week. A month? Um, Uh, Yeah, a week. (laughs) On a good day. Even a week. (laughs) And it's like you know yourself like sometimes – Unpaid internships mm-hmm. are a really great way to catapult your your career or to take a really significant pay cut to yeah. launch your career. Like this is not this is not what we're saying. That stuff is like yeah. separate compartment. I'm talking about jobs that are sketchy. Jobs mm-hmm. that are trying to exploit the nature of the situation of yeah, like we are making you do all these things and XYZ it's a lot and you're gonna get paid nothing you know what i mean it's like those scam artists that say oh we're gonna pay you an exposure exposure is not gonna pay the bills (laughs) you know what i mean but it's like the same exact things because you get onto these job boards especially like indeeds and the whatevers of the world yeah and it gets a little hairy in terms of what they want is so far-fetched from what they can pay I think the funniest one, oh my god, oh my god, (laughs) so funny. There was this real estate agent guy who literally says, and you can tell, like, off the bat, it was like, I want somebody that can handle me yelling at them and to give them a 10,000 work week. Oh, no, that's a huge red flag. 
and I was and he's like you're gonna learn so much but it's literally they were saying I'm gonna verbally abuse you <laughs> and you're gonna have to take, take it. it so what I'm trying to say is look out for these things what is yours you have some funny ones I oh my goodness <laughs> don't even get me started don't get me I up on don't. this shit <laughs> I already swore dang it <laughs> I know I have a lot of stories, but I think one of the things you said that really stuck out to me was how these employers feel they have the opportunity to exploit you and take advantage of you because of A, how competitive it is in the job market. Because you know, if they don't hire you, there's bound to be someone else just as qualified as you, if not more, to kind of take over that role. But B, there's a huge discrepancy between what they're looking for and what's written on the job requirements Mm -hmm. versus what you're going to be doing versus like your pay, like your salary. So there's a huge discrepancy between these things. (laughs) Two things are not lining up together. (laughs) And when they don't line up together, we are literally saying don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Or some of the jobs that I saw don't really make sense. For example... If they don't make sense, that means their business is not profitable. Exactly. So one of the jobs that I applied for was a social media position. So if you don't already know, social media, a huge hit right now. So this is from a jewelry store company. They required me or the person that they're about to hire in the position to be at the store nine to five, Monday to Friday, during a pandemic in front of other people in the same room. Well, of course, wearing PPE, but for a social media position, I immediately knew there is a disconnect because A, social media positions can be done fully remote. Mm-hmm. Thinking about the aspect of the job, like what's required of the job. If you're on social media, you don't need to be in the office, especially during a pandemic. I think it's the reasoning that they gave you that was even more sketchy. So what do they say? (laughs) They're like, oh, it's a close-knit family. We all love each other and we all love coming to work. That is not a good reason. (laughs) That is not a good reason. I'm like, I am not gonna put my family and myself at risk and jeopardize like my and their health for this fake family that I'm about to be induced into. Oh, 100%. So I was in the interview. And I'd done really well. And basically, the interviewer was like, okay, so we are pretty much going back into work. Like, we are, like, in the office. And then he kind of started going off about he really did not enjoy being with his kid that much. And I was like, this is going in a very strange direction. But, oh, yeah, tired parents, I don't understand. I don't understand, but I can empathize. Then he goes, then he's like on this tangent where he's like, oh my God, I can't work at home, blah, blah. I was like, this sounds like a you problem. But he yeah. was like, okay, like, you know, we are going to go back into the office and we're going to do training and we're going to start doing all our, the next interview is going to be in person and uh, we're pretty much essential workers. Uh, <laughs> what do you say? keyboards and mice you are not essential <laughs> you are not essential oh my goodness so yeah I, I think it's one of those things where it's like you go, okay there is like 
you being really diligent and you being really organized, but never be so desperate to the point where you're gonna put yourself at risk or yeah. you're doing something yeah. that may look like great in the short term. It's like, why wouldn't I choose yeah. $500 worth of a job as opposed to no money, right? We totally understand that. For that sure. Very, it's a legitimate thing where it's like, you have to understand that not everybody has the situation of like, I can, you know, be out of work for many, many months, right? But there is a level of, can you make sure that you set yourself up for success and make yeah. sure that the job you are going to get does not take away from another opportunity that actually pays you a living wage mm-hmm. or even like just minimum wage. $500 a month is not going to get you anywhere, right? Like you <laughs> yeah. may think you can get that. It would yeah. be okay if you already had a nine to five that pays you whatever a base salary yeah. and then you're going to go for a social media position that pays you an extra 500 work go do it but i'm saying yeah there are certain things that will be out there that will try to scam you in, in a different way or in the interview yeah it's like what like this is not this is not the way that you presented it and this is not the way it's going to go for sure i like how you brought up the point of your interview and your little experience of what happened but (laughs) but I think another great tip that even I and hopefully our listeners will hopefully kind of implement into their job search routine is you know hopefully after this is kind of thinking a little ahead but hopefully after you know you apply to some jobs you heard back and you're actually at that interview stage one of the tips that i would give is really ask about the culture of the company and and how the employers treat their employees during the pandemic yeah so i think that's like a huge key questions that you could ask at the end when they ask you do you have any questions for us because you want to know like a did they have to lay off like thousands of people and b like did they like for example, did the CEO or like the VPs take a pay cut? Likewise, did everyone else in the company had to take a pay cut or was it only a one-way pay cut where only the employees got their pay cut? So really asking these questions about the company culture and how they found themselves maneuvering through COVID. Mm-hmm. I think that's another really great questions you can ask them because it's a huge red flag if they're like, oh yeah, you know, a, a lot of, unfortunately, like thousands of employees got laid off. Then you're like, okay. Like, it it's not looking so great. Yeah, yeah. Right. And there are valid questions to ask. And that's what, like, yeah, that's a great point because wh- how you want to set up your life during COVID is mm-hmm. still up to you, right? If you want to take the risk mm-hmm. of going out, by all means, do it. But there are certain things like working from home and understanding what their leniencies about working from home and all that is a great questions to ask because it will basically help you in your job search too because then you're looking for certain things because certain industries you can't be working from home and then certain industries it's like or certain teams are so small that it's only four to five people or even two people in an office and then you know it's like it's okay but if they have a culture of like, no, we have to get back into work and it's going to be one of those situations where you are in a big room with everybody, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have to vet those yeah. things out because in the end, what you might have gotten may not be worth it in the end. So, don't yeah. get scammed. I feel like we end these podcasts with always, 
don't get scammed. Don't get scammed. Yeah. <laughs> if it's if it sounds too good to be true, it most definitely is. Exactly. We have gotten a job in this pandemic. Yeah. We have found a job in a pandemic, and we actually used the tips that we just talked about. Yeah. Which is persevere, be organized, and know your worth. Yeah. So if we can do it, <laughs> two random people that you're hearing on the internet, if we can do it, you can do it too. So. We believe in you. We do believe in you. And tell us how it's going. Exactly. So you have been listening to the Starting Out podcast. And we hope you find a job. And let us know how it goes. And check out the information box below where you can find a blank Excel sheet to get organized in. And we will see you Mm -hmm. in the next podcast. Bye. Bye.